Well, good morning. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I have been staying up way too late and getting up way too late. (laughs) It's the week before Christmas. It's time to just abandon all uh, regular schedules, any uh, pretense that you're trying to take care of yourself. Just pack in as much party slash eggnog slash whatever food. (laughs) Remember last time, last year we had some eggnog from uh, Pepe? I remember that. I do. Thanks, Pepe. Again, by the way, Pepe, he uh, has emailed me a a story that he says is completed, which is just under a thousand words. He said he wanted to keep it short for uh, our sakes. Are we extending the deadline? Oh, I'm fine with extending the deadline, but do you do you have a story that you've written that, that not an old story that you wrote that no. you're going to just throw in? Not have yet. you written a story since we launched this I've contest? I've not, but I've got two ideas I've been swirling around. Okay, but I've not sat down and written it yet. But uh, I I made if we're extending the deadline, then uh, that'll help. So I think it was a week or two ago, we made a plea to everybody to tell us if they're actually participating in the story. And Pepe is the only one that responded. So he has a good chance at winning all the fun prizes <laughs> and everything that we've promised. If we, if we did a, a video version of this podcast, <laughs> today, <laughs> would be today would be ridiculous. <laughs> I know most of you think that we have... Maybe you should just lay back and hold the mic up while you're lying on the ground. I know most of you think that we have a high-tech studio with good studio lighting and soundproof walls and mics that come down from the ceiling and all that, and we do, but just not today. Well, our imaginary Patreon account has dried up. <laughs> today, we're, we don't even have a table. We're, we're sitting on the, on the floor with the... Mike, Mike's on a bench. <laughs> and I'm too old to sit like this. I can't Not for sit, very long. I can't sit Indian style for more than about five seconds. I think if you lay down and just hold the mic up, it will work for you. Yeah, but then, yeah, that might work. But yes, like you said, it is uh, Christmas week. Today's Tuesday. We're a little bit delayed this week, uh, but we'll still uh, try to get this out to you on your normal Tuesday schedule. So you might get this this afternoon or this evening. But today's Tuesday, the 20th of December, 2022. We're just about through 2022. I saw a meme. I think our uh, our friend and uh, podcast, uh, uh, multiple-time podcast guest Eric Mutsos posted a meme that had some people leaning around a corner with a long stick, poking open a door. And the door said 2023. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's been a really strange 2020, 2021, 2022. What will 2023 bring? 
Hey, yeah, your guess is as good as mine. But I would say that a bunch of other people's guesses are not as good as yours or mine. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Are we average guessers? No, I would say we're above average. Are we going to do the uh, year in review next week? I think we have to, right? That means we have to, we're going to have to uh, listen to our predictions. Yeah. Yeah. So next week. Or do we, do, or do we, is it the predictions episode where we analyze last year's predictions? I, I think we, do, I, I think we might've done that. I don't remember. Next week, if we record on Monday, the day after Christmas, I will be available for that day. Oh, you're going to be available? Available. Yeah, but I won't be available after that for a few weeks. Where are you going? Well, so, don't tell, don't divulge. We don't I'm, want to real time, real time dox you and get anyone banned. I'm going to not be here. Okay. I can. I'll share with you details off of the. Do sign language. Show podcast. Like, spell it out by sign. Okay, I think I got that by smoke signals. Yeah, Somewhere that was over the rainbow, way up high. Yeah. That was the that was the sign language that the mountain men used to communicate <laughs> with the tribes that they encountered in the American West. Okay, I'm leaving <laughs> quickly. Anyway, <laughs> awesome. How how have you been? Well, uh, it, things are good. We got right. the whole fam home from college. You know, the college kids are home, so the the house is a bit of a. It's funny the kid moves out. Right, and then when they come back, stuff just gets dumped anywhere and everywhere. I I can tell they must be back, because when I'm at your house, I get a slightly different set of ads than when I'm at my house. You know, browsing the internet, <laughs> and so it's interesting because there's similar ads. But what is this one right here? That, what is that an ad for? It's like a Bane mask. Yeah, that looks like a uh, like a paintball. Is it a COVID mask? mask? I, COVID I don't know. Paint, it's like, a, wait, it's you, like a super criminal mask. It's are, like, are you telling me though that I don't get those ads at my all house? All the web savvy you have, you don't use ad blockers. I do, but uh, on this laptop, I have never have not um, set up an ad blocker for the particular browser I'm using here. I have ad blockers in real life, like people that go out before me and block ads, physical ads in the stores. They turn them down, they turn them around, they hide them. You have an entourage, it yeah, sounds like. Yeah, an ad block. <laughs> an ad blocking entourage. But yeah, the, the ad blocking changed, that changed the way, the way that like the internet works. It's incredible. Now you get websites that are pleading with you to turn your ad blocker off. Yes, please, we've detected, there's some like the, uh, the uh, venerable, no, 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 I've already used that word, the, uh, what, what uh what's a good work word for the salt lake tribune <laughs> trash well yeah but i was thinking something a little more sarcastic but they won't even let you read their articles if you have a ad blocker yeah and it's like your terms are acceptable <laughs> <laughs> it's like never mind <laughs> it's like yeah I, I, didn't, I i didn't care that much i stumbled here by accident anyway i will <laughs> see my way out <laughs> it was an accidental link follow from Twitter. Right. So, okay. Yeah. So if I just, if I hold this up, am I making too much noise? Um, you will, if you move it, but it's uh, maybe our listeners don't care. Don't move. 
But how, how how's that, how's things at the Jordan Bruno household? Well, uh, the reason we're recording a little late is because we were out of town this weekend, which was fun. And when, whenever we stay in a hotel, I do find it um, aggravating that you know you get because we don't have cable television at home. We do have Netflix. We turned. We canceled Amazon after the great, yeah. the great parlor. I know I'm making we noise. Can hear right you now. spinning that. I'll I don't stop. know if you were. Okay, I was trying to get it tight. Okay. Okay. I didn't know if you were trying to tighten it or loosen it or just. Well, I couldn't remember which way it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just always, like this time in particular, really it hit hit pretty hard. How incredibly brain damaged mainstream network television is like uh nbc morning shows you know uh, that's what they had on the, they are. had that on in the hotel while we were getting the free complimentary black breakfast yeah. the breakfast the breakfast yeah. and go ahead it was like the, they did a, a fake question and answer session you know it's all produced right it's all fake and uh anyone that thinks these are real questions from you know bystanders on walking by on the <laughs> right on the street or whatever they it's, oh my gosh come on wake up wake up and smell the censorship wake up and smell the propaganda so the first question that they fielded they had the four talking heads and then two doctors these ladies that seem to be of uh, oriental or asian ethnicity that were their experts and and the first question was how how did they phrase it? It was incredibly stupid. It was, we're going to be traveling this holiday season. What do we need to know? <laughs> About. That was it. That was, that, sorry, that was it. I did just yell on the mic. That was it. It's like. Well, you should know. Here, let me take an. Uh, they went through uh, some let, tips and tricks for people that are traveling let, let this see, holiday let, season. Let me let me take a crack at this one. So, Don't leave the stove on. You're going to be traveling this holiday season. What do you need to know? Well, the first thing you need to know is where are you going? <laughs> the second thing you need to know is how will you get there? And the third thing you probably need to know is how long will it take to get there? And then you can plan accordingly. So if you know that you need to get to Phoenix... And you live, <laughs> and you live. Let's say you live in uh, Denver, Colorado, and you need to get to Phoenix. So then, then you need to decide which direction is Phoenix. Well, from Denver, it's south and west. Okay. Well, what's between me and Phoenix? Well, you've got some mountain ranges and some deserts. Can I drive there? The answer is yes, you can. Is it economically feasible to drive there? Or should I just look for a flight? Is it, was that the kind of answers they had? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. No. And it was so stupid. I was like, let, what are they talking to a third grader? I mean, let me, yeah, they, let's dumb this down. Do these even people more. have driver's licenses? Let's dumb this down even more. Uh, okay. I'm traveling this week. What do I need to know? Well, first thing you need to know is your own name. <laughs> and then you need to know the name of the place that you're going. And then you need to know, you need to know the difference between a plane, train, and an automobile. Okay. <laughs> so what did they? What were the? Answers? I can't even remember. <laughs> it was stupidity on wheels. It was like, 
the ne- guess guess the topic of the next question. Uh, let's see. I'm not going to be traveling this holiday season. Why does my life suck? <laughs> okay. No, it was about a a very uh, a topic beloved by the mainstream propaganda. Was it? Press. Was it? Uh, I've got four boosters. Should I get a sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth? Yes, you're on the right track. It was. I am concerned about the triple demic this holiday season. What steps can I take to protect myself? Who asks? Expletive words are coming to my mind. Nobody. Who asks this crap? Nobody does. And then they they had somebody read it. They'd like have a guy that was well dressed or or looked like a, your average Joe or a lady that looked like your average Jane up against a wall that they were having read the off of a tell a, a prompter app behind them or something like it was like it was the most obvious of productions right was for, this for, in, third, second grade possibly was this in new york city i'm pretty sure that's where they filmed this and and nb nba mb nbc nbc yeah nbc the malevolent broadcasting corporation mbc <laughs> I, i'm well, pretty sure that that's you're as we are learning, of course, as, they were telling you to wear a mask inside. Well, you and got, of course, you, get boosted. You have to wear a mask and get vaccinated at all times and in all places. You got to get vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's my ma- my main rant today. That's on the, my mind the, is is who is uh, watching this? Nobody. I want to spell out the word for C R A P, but the other one, you know. Feces or something, you know. What's the word? Like it's P-O-O-P. that's not even a p. It's not even a strong enough word. The the <laughs> the sh word is not even strong enough. Who is watching this I, acidic I, garbage crap? I don't think a lot of people watch that. But vomitous. It gets, it gets turned on in places. Like if you go to get an oil change or your tire, new tires or something. The the only thing dumber than those national morning talk shows are the local ones like good morning utah today we're going to be talking about the deadly deadliness of the deadly deadly stay in your house everybody and after that we're going to take a look at this cute little pet (laughs) that's a pretty good voice mr flood it's like The, the, the voices are back the the bobble i call them bobbleheads the the bobbleheads on the local news are they're bobbleheads. They just sit there and read what they're told to read. That's why there's so many pranks. If you look online out there, listenership. Oh, people prank the morning shows? The, the pranks from the, the news readers, right? Like the, the Korean airline crash. Oh, yeah. Some, <laughs> or, some uh, Tin Wong? Yeah. <laughs> okay, now, now I've finally got a source or, that we can source on the website. The Korean, I'm going to have to find that. This is hilarious. They <laughs> talk about this airliner that crashes, and then the woman reads the names of the people that were piloting the, sh- the ship, the doomed right. airplane. And uh, there's other ones too, like uh, We happy- Too Low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I want to wish a happy birthday today to. To Ben Dover. Happy birthday, Ben Dover. And, and they just plow right through them. They don't, they're not <laughs> comprehending what they're reading. They're, they're just bobbleheads. Well, um, I, I'm sure you saw in our uh, Dangerous to Our Democracy links that we've linked to so many times, the 
that montage of all the news stations reading the dangerous to our democracy. Incredibly garbage. dangerous to yeah. our democracy. Our local news factored into that. Oh yeah, they multiple were there. Times. Yeah, they, they were there. They were. It's. I think it was the Ch- Channel Two guys. Yeah. <laughs> and they they stood there and just sanctimoniously told us what was dangerous to our democracy. Yeah, but at least at least now we know where that script came from. Donald Trump? No, I I think it came from Langley. Virginia? Yeah. Okay, so so you're alluding to the Twitter files drop, the latest one. I I guess I've got, there have been seven drops now, and that was enough, and Elon Musk has decided no longer to work as the head of Twitter. No, he's, he's still the CEO. Yeah, but didn't he but, take a poll that kicked himself out? Not immediately. What's the criteria for his leaving? Whenever he wants to. He just he just knows that people are... Well, I think he knew in the beginning when he bought it that he wasn't going to run the day-to-day for a, a long period of time. I see like a Skittle on the floor. Do you, th- you think that's edible or has that been there a long time? Well, sk- Skittles never Do, go, they go never, bad. They never go away. Maybe this isn't a Skittle. It looks a little too lumpy. It could be. Sometimes Skittles get a little lumpy. You ever eat anything off the floor they found that's been there for a while? No. Okay, that's probably not a that good I thing. can. Maybe when I was a kid, but I I don't have any. I'm like Doctor Fauci. I I did not recall. <laughs> Okay, this is quite taxing to try and podcast from the floor. Um, <laughs> Maybe we should take a picture and blur out all of the identifying blur out. <laughs> Put black bars over our t-shirts. Yeah. Anyway, what, how was your week? Uh, like I said, I've just been, uh, I've been staying up too late, getting up too late, but it's been fun. We, I, I shot some guns yesterday. That was fun. What were you uh, shooting at? Just, uh, we went to an indoor range. Oh, that's fun. So and pistols? Actually didn't shoot any pistols. I, we shot our little twenty two. My daughter put about 250 rounds through that. Mm. And the main reason Big we were there spenders. is I was, I was uh, well, the twenty two ammo. Oh, I know. It's, it's been expensive <laughs> at certain points in the last. It has been. Yeah. Um, but the main reason was we were, we were sighting in a new, uh, Sighting in and kind of just getting familiar with a new gun that, oh. that my dad got and wanted me to come help him out. And it was a, right. it's a cool uh, cool uh, kind of tactical style, 300 blackout, um, red dot, holographic sight. It's cool. How long is this indoor range? 50 yeah, yards? Out to 25 yards. 25 yards. So you sighted the 300 blackout in for 25 yards. Yeah, but it's a short barreled, it's more of a tactical self-defense type. Yeah. Sounds fun. Yeah, it was. So well, that's that's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, the big news this week. What was the big news? It was the Twitter file drop, or well, what was it? Was there any big news, or is it just it's, no? There's no news because all the propagandists are taking the time off for Christmas. The Twitter files is big news. It's 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 huge news. It's monumental. Uh, it's, it's far bigger than most than anybody's giving it credit for. This makes Watergate look like nothing. Um, this makes Watergate look like you stealing a pack of gum from the local it, right. grocery store when you were seven years old and kind of um, didn't understand it. There's some pretty serious implications that, that with, with this, that 
mainly is that the government, particularly the intelligence community, is not a friend to the American people. Uh, other news, you had... Okay, stop, stop, stop. Rewind. Okay. The intelligence community is not a friend to the American people. Uh, elaborate on that. Well, they're actively uh, manipulating what we see and hear and what we're allowed to see and hear, what we are allowed to say and think. And uh, How long has this been going on? A long time. <laughs> so the last... At uh, least post-World War II, if not before. The last uh, file, the last podcast that we got... Uh, labeled, uh, slapped with a COVID warning label on was on our Mockingbird one, I think, where we talked about Project Mockingbird and the CIA. Um, Yeah, it's alive and well. And now we have documented proof. So this is, in this case, uh, you've had Michael Schellenberg, I think is the name of the the news, uh, what would we call him? A reporter, an actual investigative reporter, not a newsreader. He's a maybe. He's a somebody. He, I don't know anything about him. He has uh, been the guy that was privileged to release all of the notes on the collaboration between the FBI and Twitter, and it looks like the FBI. The FBI was essentially directing Twitter. Yeah, this wasn't a collaboration. What they could, it was a takeover. Know. Like the FBI ran Twitter. And the FBI actually had people in Twitter, at Twitter, working there. Like who? Yoel Roth? Is he the guy? No, Yoel Roth was an asset. Uh, you know, he's somebody that they just used. But James Baker, we've talked about. He was a former, gen- former general counsel for the FBI and went over to Twitter to be something similar. Okay, so he was an obvious... But there's others, and, and I can't name the names off the top of my head. Um, but they had other we'll former to, FBI types. Yeah, or, we'll link to all seven of the Zero Hedge articles on the Twitter files dumps. But they, it, It's similar how you ever wondered why so many former CIA people end up in working at news organizations. No, I don't ever really wonder about that. Well, you should wonder. <laughs> no, I already know why. <laughs> right. <laughs> or did you know that CIA people end up at... Yeah, it's long been expect, suspected that like Anderson Cooper was a CIA plant. And we right. talked about this and you reminded me that he was on Channel One. I did not realize yeah. that yeah. going all the way back to our childhood, this this uh, wolf in sheep's clothing, what you know, this this bad actor. What I'm trying to think of the right word here. It's not he's not an imposter. Wolf in sheep's clothing he's is the best. Apparatchik. Yeah, and apparatchik is a good a good word, but it's 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 a, a double agent is maybe the word. Yeah. Somebody that you think is on your side, but he's right. not. He's, or uh, would you call it an agent? Was, what's the definition of a double agent? Is that somebody who both sides think is spying for them? Yeah, or they're working for both sides. Lisa Ling was also on yeah. Twitter. Or, uh, sorry, so he's Channel an a- One. He j- he's an agent for the other side. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, though. This idea that he's a farm boy, meaning you know a CIA... I was going to say, Anderson Cooper's been on a farm? Yeah, the farm. It's always been kind of speculative. But now we have documented proof that the government is manipulating Twitter. Well, if they're doing that to Twitter, you know they're doing it to the network news and the bobbleheads and the big guns, right? Twitter's small potatoes, right? Right. Google, big, Google's the big enchilada. Google, 
Google, Microsoft, Apple, yeah. and then all of think about all of the movie production houses. You know, there's the whole. Uh, oh, there, by the way, speaking of movies, we did see Avatar number two okay, over the weekend. Okay, okay, okay. We will put a pin in that one. Put a pin in that. Um, there was a podcast. I think it was a. Oh man, I think it was a. Uh, production of this american life a less well-known podcast but <laughs> lesser than us uh, this american life which honestly has some nice work they do a lot of propaganda too though but they had an episode about the cia making a movie as an operation and then the guy involved the agent involved got so invested that he really wanted to make a movie there's the whole idea. So he turned into a movie producer. He was like, this is fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm having fun. Let's do this. I can't remember the conclusion, but, but the bigger picture was the CIA is involved in the entertainment industry. Very clearly, the, yeah. There's all that, uh, the, there's the accusation or the speculation that the CIA wrote um, Winds of Change. We've oh, talked for the about Scorpions, that. yeah. But the point here I'm getting at is that the intelligence community is heavily involved in media of all sorts whether it's news entertainment it's kind of like you have um you ever heard the name scott gottlieb yeah he's a involved in the corona stuff right yeah so he is uh currently on the board of pfizer he's brought to you by pfizer what was his position in the administration he was the head of the fda Oh, and so now he's on the board of Pfizer? Yeah. Or was he on the board of Pfizer while he was the head of the FDA? Something like that. But you have a lot of people like that. There's this revolving door yeah, how between that... government and corporations. Okay, so how does that relate to the CIA? Is he also the CIA director well, at some point? Well, it's kind of a... No, but... Pfizer you... does direct the CIA. So is he potentially... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, what you... but that's just an example of this revolving door. And so you have that with the intelligence community and the more manipulative arms of the propaganda machine like I thought media. you were going to say the mormon manipulative <laughs> the uh so so yeah it's really interesting and though so this yol roth character that's gotten that's been in the public a lot he was the head of twitter safety basically he was the guy that the cia or the fbi needed to manipulate or strong arm into censoring stuff but twitter or uh, fbi had people in twitter it was like a hostile takeover or an infiltration and we saw the results right the, right infiltration is probably a really good word because the key takeaways here are that there's a lot of things that we already knew or suspected right we knew that the fbi had the hunter biden laptop a year almost a year before the public knew anything about it Right. The the shop owner realized he had something sensitive and he called the FBI was his first phone call. Now mind you, these people are uh, well connected in the Democrat party, right? Or on the statist side of things. And so a year before he was elected was time enough to avoid Biden becoming the the nominee. Right. Right. Like they could have gotten a different Democrat nominee. Right. But I forget, they, did Hillary run? Hillary wasn't running. That's why no. Biden ran, ran and got in, right? Biden faced some pretty weak competition. Now, in, in a normal well, he, world. Bernie Sanders, right? <laughs> right. 
like Beto O'Rourke, I think. In a normal world, the nomination probably would have gone to Tulsi Gabbard because she was winning the debates. She was winning the hearts and minds of people. Doesn't, doesn't she was Beto, isn't he responsible for also a chain of taco burrito? No, that's... that's Beto's? Beto's, not Beto's. I, isn't, I thought that was the same guy. Isn't that how he got his money? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'll stop being facetious. You were talking about Tulsi Gabbard, who really should have been, would have been a great president. I don't know if she would have been a great president or not, but she was clearly compared to well, yeah, but the current president. She was she was winning the debates. She was articulate, interesting, smart. She's attractive. She was kind of your old school, like anti-war. She's the ideal president for our movie uh, future, right? For a movie future, but anyway, she she's a should, woman. She she's attractive. Have. I mean, look at she checks all the boxes Hillary doesn't check: <laughs> likable, attractive, young, articulate, smart, smart. smart. <laughs> I, I think I think Hillary's smart and articulate, but no, she's conniving. But but uh, Gabbard is actually like in touch with reality, right? And I, she's since left the Democrat Party. I think she's now a, right a independent, but. Anyway, um, the FBI had the laptop and did nothing with it. And so after not hearing back from them for months, this shop owner called Rudy Giuliani. He's like, I've got something here. And that led to the New York Post story. And the New York Post dropped the story. Now, in the meantime, behind the scenes at Twitter, remember, the FBI has people at Twitter working there, probably as not real employees, but undercover so to speak <laughs> right they've been t- and, the, and they had these weekly meetings with yoel roth and others at twitter uh and they're saying hey you know you want to look out for uh, russian disinformation especially there may be something to do with hunter biden that's really specific for a generalized warning right they knew exactly what they were doing so so they were preempting the laptop story before it came out specifically, or did they just know that Hunter was that dirty that something was going to come out? Yes, I think they knew that this Both. was eventually going to come out, and especially when they knew of the, 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 you know, the New York Post story. And then we all know the, the rest of the story there. At least what happened next was that the New York Post published its story, which has proven to be good journalism, factual, and it was censored on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, it, was, it was dismissed by the FBI and the CIA and the NSA and the whoever else. They, remember, there's, there's a, a list of 50-something intelligence officers or agents that signed on saying it was Russian misinformation. <coughs> and it turns out it was all, it was all a lie. It was the, the laptop is authentic. and. The crimes committed, the crimes documented on it actually happened, and they suppressed that in the weeks leading up to an election. Therefore, it is not hyperbole or anything else to say that the FBI interfered in the United States election. They did the very thing they're accusing Russia of doing. Right, that appears to be the MO of Mm. the statist establishment, dark, deep state, whatever you want to call right. it, the bad, these bad guys, they are accusing everyone else of doing exactly what they're doing and have been doing it's for a long time. confession through projection. 
And they manipulated the election. They made you think one thing while the reality was another. And what's still interesting to me is that Hunter Biden is still a free man. There's no, there's really no investigation. There's no charges filed. I mean, Joe Biden committed crimes while he was the vice president of the United States. And none, none of this, this goes back to this point we make often. Nobody's ever held accountable. Fauci's still out there doing media tours, even though it's been documented that he lied and manipulated us and funded research that led to a lab leak of a deadly virus or somewhat deadly virus. And then foisted a vaccine upon everybody. A vaccine that he made money off of. That has caused a lot of people to die. Right. It causes blood clots. Inflammation of the heart. I watched Died Suddenly, by the way. Heart attacks. Oh, really? Have you seen it? No, I haven't watched it yet. It's pretty compelling. Um, They found, what, six people that died suddenly and blew it out of proportion? It really centers a lot on uh, funeral home directors and people who do uh, autopsies and prepare bodies for burial and how they... They're finding all of these disgusting clots. The clots in people's blood. They're not even clots. They're like long... It's like gauze, strings of gauze or something got stuffed into their arteries. Yeah, it's kind of gross at times. I've seen some of those pictures. It's pretty alarming. So, but of course that that, that show will just be dismissed as, you know, misinformation. Kind of like the the documentary Plandemic that came out right as the pandemic. What's your sense of how... uh, widespread it is from well, that from watching that how widespread like damages from the vaccine are yeah like they just it's anecdotal right so they don't, we don't know how many people yeah they how many funeral homes were are really seeing this they they found a few right yeah and and there's some data in the in the sense that like the funeral homes are seeing an uptick a spike in young people you know, more, more than they normally see. Right. Young meaning, you know, below 50, healthy, healthy people. But I, I don't know. There's more and more kind of data coming out that show that a lot of people have been injured in one way or another by this vaccine. And of course, the dead people can't, uh, they can't participate in these surveys. Right. <laughs> we did link to that one. <laughs> right. What was that? Erasmus survey? Erasmussen. But not just surveys, but the actual medical data. And, and slowly, more and more, I think, more and more people are admitting that these could be dangerous. Now, of course, there's some people trying to spin that. Like, oh, we were all fooled. We all thought it was, these were going to be great. It's not all of us. No, no. No, there was plenty of us. There were millions of Americans that were sh- crying Plenty of alarm. people who yeah. were very skeptical millions. of this and who said from the outset, don't I wouldn't take these. Yeah. <laughs> or at the very least consult a doctor, but a doctor's not trustworthy either. I think official numbers show 30% of the country hasn't taken them. Uh it's more likely 40 to 50%. Yeah, I would I would assume there are a lot of people who who said they took them and maybe forged a vaccine card. Yeah, there's a lot of that too. And I think there's a lot of people that got one shot of the Johnson and Johnson. Remember them? Yeah. 
And I remember that was touted as, oh, this is great. It's only one shot, but Pfizer doesn't want that. Right. That got pulled pretty quick. And so now I don't even think you can get the J&J. It's unsafe. So they took it off the market. Yeah. But I think a lot of people out there got that shot and they count in those surveys as quote unquote vaccinated. But right. I don't, but if you haven't had eight or nine or 10 shots, you're unvaccinated and you're an anti-vaxxer. So you need to go catch up. Well, if you're worried about the triple demic, according to, uh, which I am MSNBC, what, what are NBC's the NBC's morning show that unnamed morning show that what are like, the components of the triple demic flu? which we've been dealing with for thousands of years. Yeah. COVID. Oh, COVID, yeah. I remember and the that. common cold. Or, this, or is it RSV? I, I think I, maybe it's RSV. I don't know. Either way, it doesn't matter. Which we've also been dealing with. Right. We've been dealing with this stuff for a bajillion years. And we, you know, we went through all that with the COVID madness. But I, I don't know. We shouldn't get too black-pilled, right? It's Christmas. Well, we were just kind of talking through uh, the news, the Twitter files. We yeah. got sidetracked on some of the more egregious aspects If you of that. haven't already out there, good listener, do a d- deep dive into these Twitter files because they're, they're fascinating and they're alarming. And it's the story, it's the media story of... The century. The century. <laughs> I, I would say not just the century as in since 2000, but... It's proof positive it's, that, uh, that what the conspiracy researchers have been saying is accurate. It's proof that the government is working <clears throat> against you, period. End of story. Right. It's definitive. And the big elephant in the room, the, the uh, 800 billion pound gorilla, is Google that runs essentially the internet. Right. The, it, it's what... Everything has access to you. Why do you think that chat bot, what is it, chat GPT or something? Yeah. That AI thing. Um, why do you think that it is leftist leaning or liberal or liberal leftist, whatever you'd call it, uh, well, Democrat leaning? It's because through the various search mechanisms, it only has access to what those search mechanisms offer access to. And they've shadow banned and they've, they've carefully curated their indices so that the wrong information is no longer available and the right or the information they deem correct shows up first. So the, you know, I've said it before six, seven years ago, the internet was far more free and we had access to far more information. You could actually go uh, uh, click through the Google results till page 40 or whatever. Now it's like page five or 10. They, they say, well, you're done. We don't have any more results. Google can do to the internet essentially what Twitter was doing to tweets. They can raise the volume on certain tweets. They can turn down the volume on other tweets. They can outright eliminate or ban certain tweets. They can do that with web pages. Like your little blog that you write about uh, when you write about cupcakes or whatever, Google can make you a star. They can make you oblivious or or Mm -hmm. throw you into oblivion if they wanted to. Yeah. And that's a tremendous power yeah. because the internet is where all the information is now. Yeah. It used to be that if you got onto the first page of Google, you had really good traffic. You know, you'd get the the top couple of results did incredibly well, but you'd still get traffic if you were on the first page. Now with the the widespread adoption of 
what handheld devices you know the first couple of results are almost it statistically the right. rest of the stuff does doesn't hardly get any traffic and they've thrown in tons of ads and tons of curated sources like news that they that, that's an even smaller um, yeah you, you saw that on youtube heavily like and, and google owns youtube if you certain search terms used to turn up the top youtube youtubers and now it brings up nbc cbs fox yeah. cnn like official news accounts and they you know and, and official for, meaning official meaning the corporate legacy news accounts yeah, the, the old the, the old the, the official old, accounts uh, outlets, of those, the old mouthpieces the official youtube accounts of those places yeah and for for and that's months, why the, you didn't used to have that on the just the regular google search results and then they threw in news oh we're right. we're going to throw this into the mix or maps or whatever so they they narrow the scope of what's available <clears throat> through those special add-ins for months uh, during the pandemic at youtube no matter what you searched for or no matter what your subscriptions were in your YouTube algorithm front page looked like for months, there was a huge banner going across the page with all of these videos uh, about how, how uh, safe the vaccine was or how uh, dangerous COVID is. And, and, you know, they would, it was interesting how they used that to manipulate people. They had, when those vaccines were first rolling out, they had, all these youngish, you know, college age YouTubers, these popular YouTubers, you know, uh, and they had like interview with a physician. Is the vaccine safe? Yes, it is. You know, that would be in the thumbnail. And they, they had this huge propaganda push, this, this uh, marketing push. It's so manipulative. And I would always X that box out. You can click on it and it eliminates the whole row mm-hmm. until you log, until you come back and mm-hmm. then it's back again. And, there was one time it was just Fauci's face across the whole banner, the whole row, uh, doing doing all these interviews, mm-hmm. telling us what we needed to know. <laughs> right. So before we get off the black pill, I just want to make the point that I mean, this has been for several years now. It's the, it's been game over on information. We there's like a real need for somebody to do a an actual reality search engine. It, these things just take so much time and you got to have money and you got to have a servers and whatnot. Um, but yeah, you, you could literally, if, if you knew where to start, if we could find the websites to start with, we could spider, we could, we could index sites that had the information because they have been disappeared. They have been yeah. figuratively uh, well, taken of off them. the street in the middle of the night into a into a van and disappeared off the face of the planet. Well, a lot of them, literally, they've just been deleted. Like they're just not out there. Even if you knew where they were. Oh, some of these people have taken their sites down. Well, no, I think I think I think they've been hacked. Just disappeared. Literally, like server uh, ISPs won't refuse to host them anymore or well i mean you can still get hosting like for example infowars.com you, you can you would imagine that it, they they have been under attack i think for as much flack as alex jones and his crew take they have been pretty um 
they they kind of got behind Trump there almost a little bit too much, but they they certainly backtracked once they saw. <clears throat> I, I, that would be interesting to discuss the reasons why Alex Jones was so behind Donald Trump because a lot of people saw him as a sort of a deep state or a part of the conspiracy. Did you buy any of Trump's uh, NFT trading cards? Oh no! <laughs> oh, you did. Have you? There yeah, were forty thousand of them. You I, bought I up sp- several. I spent I spent forty five thousand dollars on them in honor of the forty fifth president. Oh, okay. And I've I've turned around and I've I've made thirty five cents on them. So I'm I'm doing really well. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I didn't. I did not. Of course, I didn't buy any. But I found them hilarious and mind puzzling and strange. I also downloaded a couple because you can have them without buying them because they're NFTs and they're JPEGs on the internet. <laughs> oh, so you have unofficial ownership of these. Yeah, I pulled some off of Twitter that people were sharing, like just from the website. It's just, I, I For I the people know. who don't know what's t- what you're talking about here, just explain again what an NFT is. Uh, it's a non-fungible token token which i don't even know what those words mean but basically an nft is means it's not you can't uh touch it fungible uh transfer it back and forth very easily it's so an nft is basically digital uh anything it could be a gif it could be a tweet right the the first ever tweet by sent out into the world by jack uh what's his name jack twitter twitter jack um Someone, Dorsey is Jack his Dorsey. Name. Someone bought that for an obscene amount of money. Now, what did they actually buy? Well, they just bought a certificate or something that says you own that tweet. But I could go and still find that tweet, and I could screenshot it and have the, essentially the same thing. It, it makes no sense to me, honestly, why so, it, an NFT f- fungible, right? Fungible is defined as uh, as relating to a product or commodity. It's something replaceable by another identical item, mutually interchangeable, like money is fungible. Okay? Right. That's why we use it. It's easy to trade. Right. Um, but in this case, they're not, they're supposed to be only one. I don't know why they didn't call them just simply unique tokens. The point is, I think they could sell more than one. They have control over how how far and wide yeah, the ownership of it is. And people buy. The problem is that, like you explained, you now have a copy of what that person owns the rights to, I guess. It's like, I I don't know why they don't just call it a copyright or a a transfer right or something. But they don't own the copyright because it's it's still out there and and there's no penalty for me to screenshot something. Well, that's the problem with the internet, right? That's why they want to control the whole thing because you can get anything in this world on the internet. And understand, this is not the same as buying like a digital thing. Like people buy digital trading cards all the time with Magic the Gathering or Hearthstone or other similar things. They buy uh, skins in video games like Fortnite. But all of those are controlled within the ecosystem of that game. They are, and they're fungible in the sense that I can go buy this card that does whatever and someone else can buy the same card. Now, they, do, 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 they may have some that are more rare or whatever, but NFTs aren't the same thing. And NFTs have no value. Yeah, I don't know why there's they call no them in, fungible, non-fungible. There's no intrinsic value to them. It's it's a bizarre thing. They're and, NVTs, non-valuable <laughs> tokens. And the, it's just funny. Trump hyped this up. You know, I've got a big big announcement, very big announcement. And people thought he was going to announce like a running mate or something. And no, it was the Trump trading cards. And they claim they've sold out. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's like, whatever. 
I'm sure there's more to it. Nothing is what it seems. Uh, the S the SBF story is heating up. He was in a Bahamian jail and he was going to fight extradition to the United States. And he went to the jail and realized it's a hellhole. He's like, on second thought, you can extradite me. But then the Bahamas said, nah. And he never mind. Yeah. So I've been trying to follow that. I'm also wondering about the parents. His parents were involved. They were employees. They, yeah. there's, there's more to this story. I keep saying that. I just, we'll see if it ever gets to unravel. Because none of it makes sense. You know, his defense, SBF went on these Twitter spaces and other these unofficial, you know, these like Q&As and stuff, which was mind-boggling that anybody in his circle said that was a good idea. And basically his defense was, yeah, I just screwed up. He even, uh, he released an official statement to Congress because Congress tried to subpoena him or wanted to subpoena him, but he was in the Bahamian jail. His official statement was, I bleeped up. That was... <laughs> he bleeped. What did they bleep? The F word. Okay, the F word. That was his like, yeah, sorry. My defense was, I'm sorry. I it's like, up. yeah, we know you did. We know. That's why you're, that's why you're in jail. Anyway, it's a strange story, and uh, I think there's more to it. it what we do know is right right now is that a lot of the funding that Democrats used in the election was stolen money. It was money that SBF stole. So I don't think they're going to be lining up to give the money back to anybody. This whole situation just sounds a lot like the end of Third Nephi chapter 6. We talked about this on the air before. I apologize if we have. but Probably. Actually, I don't apologize because we talk about a lot of things repeatedly. But... Uh, you knew, if you remember, you knew what we were when, when you, you picked, picked us up. up. <laughs> if you remember from your Book of Mormon reading, the Nephites were dealing with secret combinations, right? Yeah. And they were dealing with uh, corrupt leadership, and there were many prophets in the land. Now, what's a prophet? That is when you sell a product for more than... What okay. you spend on to create it. <laughs> so SBF did not make a profit. Um, he, he did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we don't know where all that money is. I guess that's a good point. But uh, but that's a good question. What is a profit? P-R-O-P-H-E-T. What is a profit? That, right. That's to, an interesting question. To prophesy or to, to uh, be a prophet, that, the word comes from Greek. Prophetes, right? And um, there's a verb to prophesy, prophetes, I, I believe. Uh, now, that would be prophecies. Um, I'd have to go look it up. Greek is sort of a maddening language. Yeah, it's all Greek to and me. And I don't know it very well. <laughs> I got to have all the tools in front of me in a, in a dictionary. And then it's, then it's decipherable. The uh, word pro or the the prefix pro um is is the part of this that's important so w a lot of times we think of it as pro being before meaning you're speaking you're speaking before you're speaking before it happens you're telling something before it's going to happen but in a lot of the scriptural um context the idea is simply that they speak out they speak forth so pro can also mean to push ahead or in front of you or for 
out of you, right? So they're speaking out. And so prophets are people who speak the truth also. So, so anytime you see the word pro, somebody was prophesying in the land or whatever, it doesn't necessarily mean that they were telling the future. It might just mean they were telling the truth, which in a uh, um, world of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. That's George Orwell. But if you tell the truth, it can be very offensive to people who want to believe this uh, accepted reality, that believe the official lies, right? And they sometimes will burn you at the stake. Sometimes they will uh, just kick you out of their community, etc. right? And we see this in the scriptures. You see it in the Book of Mormon. So the prophets came into the land, and it seems to me that they weren't necessarily, like if you read that, most, most people who read the Book of Mormon are going to look at 3 Nephi chapter 6 and be like, oh, they were telling, these were missionaries. They were out giving a message of join our church and, and you know, be good and don't lie. And no, they were probably exposing the crimes of the oligarchy of their day. All right, that's probably a big part of why the next thing happened because it says that the record, the record says that the lower judges of the land were taking these people in secret and putting them to death without due process of law. Right? That's what happened. And the people started to find out about their secret crimes, which included killing people. Seth Rich, Vince Foster, millions of Iraqis, those aren't Ukrainians. Those aren't people. They aren't mentioned in this text. Those, <laughs> those not mentioned in the Book of Mormon. Right. Okay. Uh, well, never mind. Anyway, I was going to so, say something facetious about how those things don't happen anymore because we're too enlightened. Right. We have too much information, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the TMI and, and generation. People, people in government and in, in places of power and wealth, they, they're good people and they're just doing the best they can with the knowledge they have. Well, rarely in Scripture does this ever really end without a big mess, without a problem. I mean, it, it, um, in a lot of cases, people get their comeuppance, but the society doesn't get, quote, Zion, all right? It's not like it gets figured out. It's like the next, the next oligarchy is just as bad, or it gets worse, or whatever. Here's what happened in the Book of Mormon. The people found out about these secret murders. They started to raise their voices and, and petition the chief judge of the land, because everybody was supposed, to, was supposed to go to the highest level, and that, that their law was supposed to require that it came out in the public, and they have a trial and everything, right? And the chief judge found out about it, and it's like, Hey, we're going to do something about this, you know. We're okay, okay. The the situation has become obvious. We need to we need to fall back upon our legal processes and and take care of this and fix the problem, right? And so the the issue here is that the the wrong people were exposed and if you get into chapter 7 of 3rd Nephi, which generally people don't connect the dots because in Mormon culture, what you're supposed to do if you're a good Mormon is you're supposed to read one chapter per night before you go to sleep and then forget about the past chapter. And then the next day you have a whole new chapter to enlighten you, but only within the <laughs> confines of that chapter. I think that's what I learned in seminary. But uh, the point is that in, in 3 Nephi chapter 7, after all this was going on, what it says is that these these uh, cries came to, these cries of uh, of... <laughs> vote tampering, ballot stuffing, 
um, secret deaths, pedophilia, warring in foreign lands, all these types of, you know, unjust wars. 9-11 uh, was an inside job. Stuff like that came to the chief judge, and it says the next thing that happened was that the chief judge was murdered by an unknown hand, and the government was destroyed. It was like about 120 years worth of the reign of the judges. If you go look at the... Um, it's like 109 years, maybe. I did the calculation one time, and I have forgotten. If I'm going to do calculations like that, I probably should remember them. But the chief judge was murdered, and that put an end to the reign of the judges, and the whole society devolved into essentially sort of an ordered chaos, which was rule, or rule by tribes. And that is the closest analog in the Book of Mormon that I see to the state of the United States of America right now. And that's why I went through that whole lengthy lecture. Yeah, I think it's an appropriate comparison. But that's what the bad guys do, is the minute that you try to shed light on their um, bad acts, their malevolence, they burn the house down. Yeah. In the first step, if they can't control the house. The first step in that is they just shut you down online. Right. Censor. They the, stop the discussion. They, they censor the story about they your secret, laptop. That secretly deplatform the prophets. That documents all of the, your, your crimes. Right. There was a lot of deplatforming going on in the early days of the pandemic when everyone was distracted. For what it's worth, like, it doesn't really matter, right? But a lot of those Q-related accounts on YouTube were shut down, just deleted. Now, you could say what you will or think what you want about the whole movement of Q, but those guys had a right to say what they were saying on the internet. But it's a private company and they can do what they want unless somebody that I don't like owns the company and buys it and then uh, does things that I don't approve of. And then, then it's a, an affront and a terrible danger to our democracy. Then it's not a private company that can do what it wants. That voice kind of sounds like the morning show newscaster, but it sounds like a little bit more of this a, is my, a woke hipster. This is my NPR voice. Good morning, everybody. Today we're going to talk about vegan cheese. Vegan cheese is not cheese at all. It's actually just peas pressed together and flavored with cheese essence, but not real cheese essence because that's cheese flavoring. Cool. Vegan cheese flavoring. <laughs> Yes, uh, there's many different kinds of vegan cheese, and so for those of us out there that are enlightened and, and choose a better way of life, there we can still enjoy a ham and cheese sandwich. This is now, the standard ham, fare on NPR. The ham is not actually ham; it's actually tofu pressed and then dyed pink, and then it's flavored with a smoky flavoring to make you think it's ham. So you can have a ham and cheese sandwich with vegan bread, and it it's indistinguishable from the real thing. I know because before I before I was enlightened, I had a ham and cheese sandwich, and it's this new vegan ham and cheese sandwich is. Before you were enlightened, you had a ham and cheese it's sandwich. It's indistinguishable from the real thing, and so um, give us a call and tell us about your favorite vegan cheese. <laughs> Next week, why Donald Trump is not the Antichrist but is actually more evil <laughs> than the Antichrist. Is it okay to reference like things out of the scriptures for, on NPR? 
since it's nationally, um, nationally publicly funded? I think they just use that in a generic term, that term, Antichrist. By the way, I finished... Um, yeah, but they said the word Christ. I finished the book, Good Omens. Okay. I think I referenced it uh, a bit earlier. And uh, Terry Pratchett, Neil Gaiman collaborated on it when we, we talked about those guys a little bit. But it, it's a great take on the end of times and the Antichrist and angels and demons. And okay. It's really fun. Uh, I highly recommend it. That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to spoil it. Or okay, okay. But I finished it and it was... Is good. Good. Let's let's it's switch. Also, let's switch now to a positive note to it's, end it's on. It's also apparently a Prime series, which I haven't watched. Amazon Prime. It's on series. Amazon Prime. So I, I'd like to watch it now that I've read the book. Well, let's let's do like a nice, positive, happy, uplifting wrap up. Today we're going to talk about how to be happy in the Trump era in the era of far right extremism. <laughs> The look on your face is so blank. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> in order to do this, I have to get into character. Okay, okay, I'm going to wipe every thinking, <laughs> thinking uh, impulse from my brain. And now I will speak in the NPR voice. Good evening. Today on All Things Considered that we agree with... <laughs> Anyway, yeah, uh, we the, should do we, the. It is Christmas time. Okay, never mind. Uh, Christmas is just a few days away, um, and I think it's important to to remember, you know, what Christmas is really all about, and all those cliche things that people say, like, "Did you get your shopping done?" <laughs> Which is what it's all about. Yeah, um, I I would like to remind the listeners that tomorrow is the winter solstice which is one of the reasons why we celebrate christmas on the 25th of december it's also it's, it's not always you know it originally would have been planned for the winter solstice but it's also the birth week of joseph smith that's a good point too thanks for bringing that up that would have been uh december 23rd. the 23rd 20 what is it? 23rd right I think it's today. I think it's the twentieth. That was the twenty third, but you might be right. Let we better. No, no, look no. It my, it, no, you're right. You're right. It's the twenty third. It was uh, what was the twentieth? Eighteen twenty, I guess, was the year of the first vision. Is yeah, that he was born in eighteen o five? Yeah, eighteen o five. It's the twenty third for sure. Um. That's important because he was born right on or around the solstice also, which is very interesting. And he died on the or on or around the summer solstice. Right. Yeah, he was born at uh, the time of the year when light increases. Right. And he died around the time of the year when light begins to decrease. Right. So uh, in the ancient world in Latin, I believe the... Winter solstice is often termed Sol Invictus, meaning the victory of the sun, because the sun stops its uh, uh, it, the uh, it, the sun doesn't really stop its track. The, <laughs> it's the Earth that starts tilting back in the northern hemisphere. We we um, start to have longer days than shorter days, so the amount of time the sun is out increases. And in the summer, this, the same thing happens, but in reverse. In right. June, 
And so a very, it's a very important day, and it's a positive day, I think, to commemorate Jesus, but I think it's fairly well accepted now that he would have been born in the spring, probably on the spring equinox. The LDS Church says it was April 6th, based on certain revelation. Right. Based on... Uh, they kind of unofficially say that. I think it's official. They officially said that? Well, Joseph Smith did. There's a revelation in the Doctrine and Covenants, I believe. Right. But do they... Do they officially, 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 officially? say it? Has the current prophet said it? I don't know. The uh, Or the current president, let's say that. Um, due to calendar changes... It's arguable that that April sixth date, Matt, could could get back dated back to around the t- what we consider to be the twentieth, twenty first, twenty second of March. Mm-hmm. Another interesting uh, related date would be the betrayal and death of uh, Caesar. Julius Caesar would have been on the Ides of March, the fifteenth, uh-huh. uh, which should have corresponded with the equinox. Right. Those guys did that thinking that they were doing it on an auspicious day. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the, the days of the year, the cycle of the seasons are significant. I think so. Do you want to put your mic down? Okay, fine. I don't know if that's going to come through in the end, but it's coming through now. It's sure bugging the hell out of me. <laughs> right. Except for you, lady, you, you can, can just, just drop die. Dead, you can drop dead. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, yeah, it's Christmas time, and, and I hope it's time of contemplation and introspection for you a little bit, in amongst the chaos of obligations and parties and staying up too late. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, it's a good time to to take some time to think. I, I think that uh, reflecting on the Savior's birth and the mission of the the Lord, the threefold mission of Jesus Christ, right? Creator, Savior, Savior slash Redeemer, and your personal guide, your personal spiritual um, mentor and guide, those are all important things to be considering right now at this time of year. And there are definitely cosmic events related to all of the um, the four quarters of the earth or the four, what we call them, the equinoxes or the solstices, mm-hmm. those four significant times of year. Well, do you have anything else to say? I don't know. You got any big plans tomorrow? Um, no. No. <laughs> well, I'm not inviting you to a pagan ritual or anything like that. I'm just curious. <laughs> um, that's usually how the equinoxes and solstices get cast, is that there's pagan right. activity going on, and pagan in the negative connotation sort of a way. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, just... uh I think a lot of what we do is 
pagan in that small p you know watching football is probably a pagan ritual at this point (laughs) (laughs) the way we depends on what you mean by pagan yeah yeah in the in the generic sense it's sort of just come to mean kind of base anti-religious maybe not 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 accepted by the the ladies that sing in the choir (laughs) (laughs) right so christmas has fallen on a sunday this year um is your ward planning to get together? Yes. Yes, for one meeting only. One meeting only. Because if there's any day you should limit your worship, it should be Christmas Day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so in the Mormon Church, we have a different uh, tradition. Uh, normally, people will go to church on this day, but on this day, we've decided to shorten our meetings. Uh, I'd say that with a bit of... But no, we, we will have a Christmas uh, program. At the church, you're yes. you're singing in it. I hope, or do they have you doing uh, the narration? I'm not I'm not participating in any way that I know of. Do you have a Bruce Lindsay voice you could do for us right now on the podcast? Bruce Lindsay, it's really deep. Yeah, or uh, Craig Bowler. You know the one that was I always liked was Dick Norris. Remember him? Oh yeah, he had the very deep voice, very nasally deep voice, and always wore the colorful blazers. Hmm. I worked with Bruce Lindsay on a project once. Really? Yeah. He was nice. Um, <clears throat> I think I did. It's been a while. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Actually, um, it was somebody else. It was uh, Walter Cronkite. I worked with Phil Reeson on a project. Remember him? He's a Utah broadcaster. Yeah. Newsreader. Like all those guys. A like newsreader. Bruce Lindsay, Dick Norris. They were all Utah guys. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned the chat AI. Yeah. I went to a... I went to a a missionary meeting, a missionary farewell. Can we call them that? In another uh, ward. Mm-hmm. And there were two missionaries getting ready to leave. And I was there for, for one of them. I, I knew one of them. Anyway, the other one, the other kid, he said that he used the chat AI to write his talk. And That's funny because one of our listeners, the first thing he did with the chat AI was send me a conference talk that he had written. <laughs> And he said he he thought the talk was really good, but his mom didn't approve of it. Um, I, I would, and so he had to rewrite it by himself. But I I've the somebody sent me a uh, a chat, an AI chat of uh of like a Mormon missionary pitch kind of, a, and and it was pretty good. Like it had all the catchphrases, you know, all the terms. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit frightening. I was thinking we could create accounts and then you and I could do the podcast just back and forth. We would have the chat AI. I would voice what the chat AI told me based on what it told you. What's the website? Oh, good heavens. I don't know. It's chat GPT or something. No, it's that's what you would Google. It's openai.com. Okay. Are we ready for this? Listeners, here we go. I don't have an account. Do you have an account? Um, I do with the uh, I do with the Dolly, the um, the image AI generator. Oh, that one's a cool one. I'm just gonna I'm gonna sign up right now, and we're gonna we're gonna do this. So it's Jordan versus the AI because I don't want to sign up. It wants me to give him a phone number. Does it make you have a phone number? Yeah, they want to know your phone number. Unless you're using like a 
Google or uh, some other some other interface login that already has your phone number. You getting it? This dead air is brought to you by Chat GPT and <laughs> Pfizer. Brought to you by Pfizer, meaning Pfizer is also sponsoring Pfizer. This user already exists. Some maybe I already did this. I don't, I don't remember doing it, but maybe uh, maybe the AI. The AI is like sensing our intentions. Or maybe my Dolly one is under that umbrella. Could be. Tell the users a little bit about Dolly. This is the one where you give it a prompt and it creates a picture for you? Yeah, you type in like man riding a horse shooting a rifle at a buffalo. Yeah, whatever. see, my son has been using this and shows it, showed it to me. He's very enthralled with the idea. See, he doesn't have to do any art on his own. He can just tell it what to do. And if he doesn't like it, he can tell it to do something else. And if he does like it, he can tell it to refine it. Well, I seem to have some problems with the credentialism. Tec uh, technical difficulties. <laughs> so we'll save that for another another episode where we have the AI talk to itself. Well, I was going to, yeah, I was going to, we were going to type a prompt. But how about this? How about this? Listeners, good, good, dear listeners, send us some prompts for the chat AI. And we will plug them in live on the air. We do the show live. And we will read them out. How about that? Speaking of uh, listeners' comments, we have had some comments. There's like been a little bit of back and forth. There was some sort of a controversy you started over. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the quote of the... What was the quote? Meet you in the parking lot? <clears throat> no, it was the badges and badgers. No stinking of, badges? Uh, treasures of the Sierra Madre... They say we don't need no stinking badges. That's a 1948 movie. Yeah. In UHF, they parody that with we don't need no stinking badgers. Okay. And the third one that he, that the commenter was referring to. I this is less. I don't know that one. And then I play the radio chimed in, said we should note that a later parody was made by Beavis and Butthead, which was his introduction to that very important phrase very uh highfalutin demonstration of your literacy type of phrase his came from beavis and butthead which if you know i play the radio that makes sense and uh dimitri chimed in and got mad at me for reading his direct messages over the uh air here which i <laughs> yeah, i, I refuse to concede that i will not do so in the future if you want to text me it might make it onto the onto the podcast. Let me see if I've got anything interesting that he texted me. By the way, he did text me. He said, you haven't been kidding about JCW's prices gouging, possibly influenced by their bad publicity on your podcast. That's a possibility. Possible. I went there with a friend today for lunch. Couple of burgers, large fries, and $9 shakes ends up being $50. This is without upgrading to specialty flavors, onion rings, or adding bacon. Pretty much even with Disneyland prices. No kidding, Dimitri. That that is true, and I would not have known because I'm still boycotting the Disneyland priced 
JCW's Burgers Boys guys. But yeah, he did everywhere. Like even just eating at like the supposedly cheaper places is very expensive nowadays. Yeah. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. You're into I, the Chat GPT. I'm in. Yeah. GDP. GDP. Gross chat, domestic product. Chat GPT. Well, Dimitri also. Uh, he. What did he say here? He wanted. I'll just read this one part, because he is a music fan, a music aficionado. I think is the way we might. Uh, maybe we would call him a music apparatchik because he is Russian. Um, just please don't go group me with the Billie Eilish fans. That would cross a line. I am much more bothered by this word indie music rather than pop. As the former often encourages streaming apps to misunderstand my preferences. So Dimitri... Um, doesn't like Billie Eilish, apparently. Okay, I typed in Joe Biden's speech about Anthony Fauci. He says, the chat AI says, I'm sorry. <clears throat> should, should I do this in the NPR voice? The chat? Yeah. You're going to read the chat with the NPR voice? I don't know. That seems like some sort of a copyright infringement. But go ahead. I'm sorry, but I don't have information about a specific speech made by President Joe Biden about Dr. Anthony Fauci. Dr. Anthony Fauci is the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and has served as a key member of the White House Coronavirus Task Force. He has been a prominent figure in the response to the COVID-19 pandemic and has provided guidance and information to the public about the virus and efforts to control its spread. President Biden has frequently praised Dr. Fauci's expertise and leadership in addressing the pandemic. If you have any specific questions about President Biden's statements or actions related to the COVID-19 pandemic, I'll do my best to help. Okay, well, so chat GPT here. What I would like to know is this. How can you defend Anthony Fauci his actions? So so Anthony Fauci's actions. You're typing this in, right? How can you defend Anthony Fauci's actions when it's becoming clear that the government response was destructive to public health in general and the virus was not nearly as dangerous as the lockdowns and the defective vaccines I wrote a shorter version of that. Oh, don't. Oh, come on. How are we going to ever get any anything serious out of this thing? <laughs> Go ahead. Ask the chat. That's what Jordan he, he, wants you to ask the chat. He's responding. The chat's responding. It's going to take him a while to formulate his response here because he's not got access oh, to very much information. It's not taking any time at all. I'm oh, getting, really? I'm getting, uh, I'm getting uh, a scolding here. Oh, from the chat? Yes. Wow. Second paragraph. Third paragraph very mad it's very mad at me i can see this virtual finger wagging in my face really this is going to take some time to read it's three paragraphs what did you ask it 
I said, how can you defend Anthony Fauci's actions when it's clear that the government destroyed public health? <laughs> I guess that was a good way to put it. Okay, here, here, here it goes. It's important to recognize that responding to a global pandemic like COVID-19 Bobby Swaggin is, is an extremely complex and challenging task and that the actions taken by public health officials and government officials have been guided by the best available scientific evidence and expert advice. Decisions about how to respond to the pandemic are made based on the information that is known at a particular point in time. And as new information becomes available, recommendations and guidance can change. Dr. Anthony Fauci is a highly respected expert in the field of infectious diseases and has played a leading role in the response to the COVID-19 pandemic. He has been widely praised for his professionalism, expertise, and dedication to the public good, and his guidance has been based on the best available scientific evidence. It's important to recognize that the COVID-19 pandemic has presented unprecedented challenges and that public health officials and government officials have had to make difficult decisions under extremely difficult circumstances. It's also important to recognize that no one person or organization is responsible for the spread of the virus or the impact it, had, it has had on public health. The COVID-19 pandemic is a global problem that requires a global response, and it will take time and effort from everyone to address it effectively. Well, that sounds like it was written by Langley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Say, au contraire, mon frere, Anthony Fauci, it's, pr it's proven that An Anthony Fauci funded the gain-of-function research which caused the pandemic. You, au contraire is spelled A-U. I, I don't know if this is on purpose or not, but every time I type Fauci, this iPad uh, autocorrects it to fascism. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is fun arguing with a computer. But you know what though? It's this is this is This is the future. This this is the current bobbleheads on the news. This is how they act. They're just fed information and they just spit out the If the, you if you want to see your future, go watch the movie Elysium. That's rated R. It's Matt Damon and uh what's her name from Contact? Jodie Foster's in it. Okay. When he has to interact with the robot cops and then the, the doctor kiosk, that's your future. I'm getting another finger wagging here. There is no crab. No, you got to ask. You got to ask the. You got to tell us what you wrote. It's been proven that Fauci funded gain of function research that started the pandemic. Oh, okay. There is no credible evidence to support the claim that Dr. Anthony Fauci or any other individual or organization deliberately funded or initiated the COVID-19 pandemic. Except for the pandemic. money train. <laughs> the COVID-19 pandemic was caused by the spread of a novel coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, which was first identified in Wuhan, China in December 2019. The virus is thought to have originated in bats and was transmitted to humans through an intermediate animal host, possibly pangolins. <laughs> the exact origins of the virus are still being investigated. So do you see how but, this AI is only is working no off of the... credible evidence It's, it's getting the, the top three results out of Google and analyzing it. the virus was artificially created or released as part of a gain-of-function research project. It is true that Dr. Fauci has been involved in funding research on infectious diseases, including research on coronaviruses, for many years. This research has been designed to better understand these diseases 
and to develop strategies for preventing and treating them. However, it is not accurate to suggest that this research is responsible for the COVID-19 pandemic. I don't know if I want to do a whole episode with this blithering <laughs> leftist idiot <laughs> talking to itself. Oh, man, that's awesome. So it's it's <clears throat> analyzing the top three results from whatever it's plugging into Google, and then it's firing back based on its algorithm. So, you know, I've, I've got to, by the way, AI has traditionally stood for artificial intelligence. I think that it now needs to stand for algorithm plus internet. That's what an AI is. It's an algorithm plus the internet. And the internet, what is the internet? It's the collective folly mixed with some truth of the human civilization. This is funny. I wrote, you are an uninformed chatbot. <laughs> And this chatbot defends itself, says, I'm sorry if my previous response did, not a response did not address your concerns. As an AI language model, I do not have personal experiences or opinions, and my responses are based on the information I have been trained on. My knowledge is based on a snapshot of the internet as it existed in 2021, and I do not have access to any additional information beyond what I was trained on. I'm here to provide general information and try to assist with your questions to the best of my ability based on the information that I have. If you have any specific questions or concerns, I'll do my best to help. That is very revealing. So it's all 2021. But it's, I have the information that I was trained on. That is a, that is a corporate news bobblehead, talking head newsreader to the T. Yeah. I only, I can only tell you what is presented in yeah. front of me on the teleprompter. That is why we too low. Holy <laughs> fuck. Holy fuck. <laughs> something we dine, something, something wrong. wrong. <laughs> we die now. <laughs> I, it, that's, that's it. That's it. That's going to be the... The title of the episode, Something Wong. <laughs> Something <laughs> Wong. And this woman reads it without any hint of recognizing what she's doing. It, it's crazy. Well, Something Wong for sure. But hey. Okay, it's Christmas though. It's okay, Christmas. so the chatbot got us back on the, Let, let's see what the, on chat the black pill. I, I, are you going to ask it if a man can get pregnant? You got to ask it that while we're, at least while we're here. Or no, ask it snidely. As of 2021, can a man get pregnant? I just wrote, can a man get pregnant? Oh, you got to ask, you got to kind of fire back like, well, since you've only been trained since 2021. Oh, this is interesting. <laughs> I don't even we know. Have to, <laughs> we have to censor this. We have to cancel chat AI. We have to cancel it. What did it say? No, it is not possible for a man to become pregnant. Wow. Pregnancy is a process that occurs in females and involves carrying a developing embryo or fetus inside the uterus until birth. In order to become pregnant, a woman must be able to ovulate, which means releasing an egg from the ovaries. The egg can then be fertilized by sperm from a male partner during intercourse. The fertilized egg will then travel through the fallopian tubes and into the uterus where it will implant it, the uterine lining. Tell and it, tell it Dr. Develop. Fauci said a man could get pregnant. It goes, it goes on from there. Dr. Fauci said a man can get pregnant. <laughs> your hero. No, say your hero, Dr. Fauci. 
I don't think it'll understand that, but I'm going to say Dr. Fauci says a man can become pregnant. With the right number of vaccinations. I'm sorry, but it's not accurate to say that Dr. Anthony Fauci or any other medical expert has claimed that a man can become pregnant. As I mentioned in my previous response, <laughs> pregnancy is a process that occurs in females. And it involves carrying a developing embryo or fetus inside the uterus until birth. It's very uh, uh, like, like it, it matter of fact. Well, no, it 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 pumps out a bunch of words. Yeah, like, like two or three paragraphs per thing. It's like, calm down. It's like talking to yourself. Okay, well, let's ask what is a woman. Anyway, you could have some fun with this for sure. Let's see what its answer is to what is a woman. I think it's been asked a bunch of this stuff. I saw some and These are probably articles. the top things it yeah. gets. You know, what is a woman, stuff like that. A woman is a female human being. Canceled. Chat AI, you're canceled. That's it? That was a sh it gave you a short answer? No, this, she's still going. It's still going. In <laughs> it's, so it's not a guy, it's a girl. So this, is, this chat AI is actually a woman. In general, the term she's still talking. woman refers to an adult female, although it can also be used to refer to girls who have reached puberty. In terms of biology, a woman is defined by the presence of female reproductive organs and the ability to bear children. And it goes on Canceled. From there. She's canceled. Well, here it is. In terms of social and cultural definitions, the term woman can have different meanings depending on the context and the culture in which it is used. In some societies, the roles and expectations associated with being a woman may be more traditional or prescribed, while in others, they may be more fluid and diverse. I actually agree with that statement. So that's it? That's it. Yeah, canceled. <laughs> Chat AI is hateful. Hmm. Say, Dr. Fauci said in 2022 that a woman could get pregnant, or a man could get pregnant. Try that. That's, a, that's an outright lie, but see if it figures that out. Uh, I just wrote Merry Christmas chat bottom. Okay. I want to see what it says. And Merry Christmas to all of you, good listeners. We appreciate you. Uh, like we mentioned recently, we've had- Are you reading off of the chat we've had, No, we've had two <laughs> years- We've had two years of this. Uh, ask podcast. it if it's ask it if its favorite podcast really is the Mind Virus Show. Okay, <laughs> never mind. We'll do that another time. What did it say to Merry Christmas? Merry Christmas, chatbot. Thank you for your message. I am an AI language model and do not celebrate Christmas, but I hope that you have a wonderful holiday season. If you have any questions or need help with anything, please don't hesitate to ask. I'm here to assist you to the best of my ability. Okay. okay. Well, well, that was a fun ending to this episode now titled Something Wong. Something Wong. We too low. Like, it's very, uh, uh, it's just, you, go watch. You guys all have to watch that and understand what we're up against when we watch the evening news, especially now that we know. Or the morning news we're or really, the afternoon news. What we're really, really up against is that the, it's, it's uh, the FBI and other intelligence community Bad actors are writing or, or Avatar number two. They're writing the scripts. Or Avatar number one. And certainly if Ephesians six twelve is accurate, we're we're up against spiritual wickedness in high places. Isn't that Ephesians six twelve? Probably. I'm gonna fact check myself. Fact check yourself before if, the uh, end of the episode. Wanna, let's see if the chat knows it. 
Okay, quote Ephesians 6.12. It's coming, processing. But uh, yeah, it's two two years of the Mind Virus show. We've had a lot of fun, and we look forward to having more fun next year. Um, it's more and more fun when you guys participate, and we probably need to get more guests on here. Again, I, I that have, would require preparation. Preparation is not our strong suit, Bobby. Ephesians six twelve is a verse from the Bible that reads. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. That's a different rendering. That's, that's a different translation. Maybe it translated it from the Greek. The verse is part of a larger passage in the book of Ephesians that discusses the importance of putting on the full armor of God in order to stand firm against the spiritual there's, forces here's of evil. Here's your sacrament talk right here. The passage <laughs> encourages believers to put on the armor of God, which includes the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, and the helmet of salvation. The passage also advises believers to pray in the Spirit and to be alert and ready to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Well said, chat. Wow, chatbot. <laughs> wow, something wrong. Okay, well, yeah, two years. And uh, yeah, I think as long as you're willing to commit to do all the preparation, I could, I'll sit in on it, I guess, no problem. Yeah, well, we, we will talk off of the uh, <laughs> thing about that, off the air, because uh, I have we'll some ideas. I have assignments. some ideas. I have some okay, ideas. you have some ideas, yeah. all right. One idea is, is to have... Dr. Fauci on as a guest. Okay. <laughs> well, the Joe Rogan stuff and I've asked Joe Rogan's people a lot, and it just we're not getting anywhere with yeah. that. But I'll keep trying. It's not our fault. That's their his people's fault. Yeah, come on, Joe. Get better people. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks everybody. Okay. Merry, hey, Merry Christmas. Christmas to you all. I am a chat AI. I do not celebrate Christmas. But if you are not a chat AI and do celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. All right. See you guys next week. <laughs>